Jesus, I am late for church. I'm just going to speak this parking spot into existence right now. Just name it and claim it, Jesus. Oh, for heaven's sakes, use the crosswalk. I, okay, I have the fruit of the spirit, but y'all need to move. Ooh, she is going to wear that into bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. Jesus, give me a miracle. I need a ram in the thicket. I love this church. It's just like come as you are. You know what I'm saying? How do I look, though? Does this jacket go with this shirt? Oh, good Lord. Guests, single parents, expected mother. Who doesn't have a parking spot these days? I have been here 27 years. I deserve respect. Oh yeah, go ahead, take my parking spot. She, Liz, she probably needs Jesus more than me, honestly. Use your mirror. How long does it take to back out of a... Jesus, give me strength. This is so str... Honestly, there better be coffee. There better be coffee. Y'all are gonna make me park in a handicap spot. Oh look, there go the homeschoolers. I swear if somebody took the last jelly donut, I will. Don't make me get out of the... Oh, move hey, are that you on the ministry team? Not today, okay? Oh, you're gonna drive a Lexus? Okay, I know where your treasure's at. Not in heaven. The sermon series is what? Putting others in front of yourself. Oh, this doesn't apply to me. I mean, for heaven's sakes, move out of the road. Look at this truck. Where are you going? A church or a Trump rally? Finally found a parking spot 15 minutes late. Oh, it is way too cold out here. But you better bring a shuttle or I will watch this service online. Either you're laughing at it because it's funny or you're laughing at it because you've done that before. <laughs> right? It's kind of true. Right? We've all been there. Yeah, I think it's just easy to get to that place where you're kind of just complaining, right? Kind of getting negative about other people. In fact, a guy kind of treated me this way last year. Uh, Safeway. Safeway parking lot. And I was driving and lo and behold, I got that parking spot. Like, praise you Jesus, right? I got the one that was right by Safeway pulled in. Shut off my car, went out, uh, you know, opened the door, walked out. The minute I walked out, this guy, he's just staring me down. And he's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I was like, dude, like, what are you talking about? And he looks at me. He looks at the car. He looks at the parking spot. He's like, oh, sorry. Thought you were parked in the handicapped spot. <laughs> and then he gets in the car and drives away. And I'm like, what? But in our flesh, you know, I think it's just easy to quickly speak negatively, act negatively towards other people. But we're, I think we're on week four of walking through First Thessalonians. And, man, have you just noticed you're seeing something completely different from the Apostle Paul? I mean, completely different in how he treats the Thessalonians, how he speaks to the Thessalonians. Today, I'm glad you're here. I think you're really going to enjoy what Paul has to say. It only gets better. But before we read our passage, would you bow your heads and let's pray together? Lord, we just love you so much. Uh, during worship, so many words uh, were being spoken to me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that, God, you were really uh, just moving by your spirit. And we pray that you just continue to move as we look at your word, as we read from the Apostle Paul. Move, Lord. We, we don't want to uh, just be kind of seekers of head knowledge. We want our hearts to be changed by your presence. So speak. Speak clearly. Speak boldly. Speak in a way that transforms lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles or smartphones, again, we have Bibles in the back. We also have pen, paper if you want to take notes. Um, if you've never taken notes before and you find yourself dozing off in sermons, uh, notes are a great way to stay awake. Um, you know, it's just a good way to kind of unload uh, the brain, and, and it doesn't even have to all pertain to the message. You can just, uh, as the Lord is revealing himself to you, you can uh, write those things down. But today we're in chapter 2, 
And uh, we're picking up on where Jeremy left off with his wonderful message last Sunday. Uh, But this week we're going to be in uh, verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. Paul says this. He says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy, righteous, and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So let's go ahead and leave that up on the screen. If you remember, uh, Jeremy talked about it. This is from uh, the account is written in Acts chapter 17. Paul comes in with Silas and his companions. But they come in with labor, toil, worked night and day so they wouldn't be a burden. They proclaimed the gospel of God. They were holy. They were righteous. They were blameless in their conduct toward all the believers there. And then he says, like a father with his children. Would you say that with me? Like a father with his children. Now, I think it's hard for many people when you hear anything about a mother or a father in Scripture, you just think about your own life. And and for a lot of people, you didn't have a real godly uh, mom or godly dad. And so, you know, your mother wasn't gentle. There was no father who exhorted and encouraged and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. But look at what he says about a good father. He says, a good father exhorts each one of you, encourages you, charges you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. You catch that? Like a father who comes to a child exhorting, encouraging, charging you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Earlier, if you remember, in verse 7, they said they came in like a mother. Remember that? Came in like a mother, a nursing mother taking care of her children. But now they're coming in like a father. And that's what Paul and his companions and Silas, they came in with the heart of a father. They came in to train them up, to rise up these new Christians in the things of God. Now, I want you to notice in today's passage, and we'll leave it up there on the screen, that this spiritual fatherhood and what they're saying about Paul and Silas and these companions, it's not just what they say. It's very clear that it's also what they do and and how they do it. So it's what Paul and Silas did amongst the Thessalonians that had a tremendous impact on them, not just their words. Again, you, you see there, he says, you remember our what? Our labor, our toil. We worked night and day. We didn't want to be a burden to anyone. Do you see the action, right? More than words, more than eloquent speech, more than a good sermon. And he says, you were witnesses. What does that mean? It means the people actually saw with their own eyes, right? They saw how they lived that it was what? He gives three things, holy, righteous, blameless in their conduct toward the believers in Thessalonica. This is important. Like a father with his children, a father, a father that would train up his child, not just in words, but in actions. Nothing is worse. I think we could all agree. Nothing is worse than having a father who says, you know, don't do this, don't do that, and yet in his own life lives the complete opposite way. Right? Nothing is worse. No one's going to look up to or receive from a father who says one thing and then does the opposite. And yet in the spiritual world, sometimes I think that's the example we set as Christians. A lot of times I I hear Christians very eager to talk the talk, right? We like to tell people what to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. 
We know all the right words, but we often struggle to have our actions keep up with our words. But like mom always said, good old mom, actions speak louder than words. You ever hear that one from your mom? My mom always zinged me with that one. But it's true. It's true. Actions speak louder than words. The, uh, John, in First John, he says it this way. He says, let us not love with word or with tongue, but what? With action, right? Do you see that? In deed and in truth. And the Thessalonians praised the Lord. They saw this in Paul. They knew this guy. He was more than just lip service. He was more than just a good sermon. They remembered how hard he had worked. They had witnessed with their very own eyes. They could see that he lived a holy, blameless, and righteous life. So as much as we can this morning, I want us to have a, just a good picture of this, a clear picture. I, I want us to grab a hold of this. Paul, his companions, they come in full of godly love for the Thessalonians, not just in their words, but in their action. Thessalonians remember their labor, their toil, their working, their proclaiming. They witness how they lived holy, righteous, blameless lives. And then they receive from Paul and Silas like a child receives from a father. I want you to grab that. Now, with all that being said, as you picture this scene, I want you to consider two things. If you're taking notes, you want to write these things down. First one is this. Just like Paul came in as a spiritual father in words and in action, who is a spiritual father in your life? Who, like Paul, have you allowed to speak into your life? Who are you listening to? Who are you watching? Most importantly, who are you receiving from? Who are you receiving from? Remember back in chapter 1, Paul writes this. He says, For you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. They received the good news of Jesus Christ from Paul and Silas. Who are you receiving from? It's a great question to be asked. Now, it has to be said in the area of receiving, great thing about being Holy Spirit-filled believers, you can receive directly from the source, right? We believe that. God can speak directly to us by His Spirit. And I'd say that's a big part of the Christian life, a big part of walking with the Lord, receiving direct revelation from God. But if you've lived long enough, and many of us have, uh, you know there's another part to the Christian walk. Part of the transformation that God wants to do in you actually comes through receiving God's word through others. It's a big part of it. It's one of the powerful parts of being in godly community, right? Have you ever been touched by the Lord through someone else at church? Have you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think about in my own life, the exhortations, the encouraging words, the teachings, the sermons, the classes, the prophecies, the prayers. Some of the most impactful moments I've had with God has been through the ministry of other people. You've got to be careful with anything, any word that's spoken to us. There has to be a certain level of discernment about words given to us. Even the Bible tells us, don't believe every spirit, right? You know that verse, test the spirits, whether they're from God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world to... You don't just blindly receive everything spoken to you. But Holy Spirit, he's known as the helper. We don't have to fear that too much. He he comes in. He gives us discernment. And there are words. I just hope you hear me today. There are words that you probably need to receive. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago, and I didn't know any of these people at my table. It was a bunch of pastors from different churches. The only way he knew me was from my name tag, which said Dan. But he started giving me this word. 
And again, I'll just be vulnerable before you. When someone starts giving me a word in that kind of setting, I get a lot nervous. Like just, oh my goodness, because there are some nutty people in the world who give some ridiculous words that are so far from anything that God would ever say. And I've heard them enough that there's a part of me that's just like, uh-oh, you know, here we go again. And yet, as he was speaking, just right away, I was like, God, this is you. God, you're speaking. And I, I even asked him later, I said, man, could you write that down? Could you write down what you just said to me? And what did I do? In that moment, I received the word. Last week, I spoke up with a word for one of the pastors in town. It was last Tuesday morning, and so I called him, and I told him a vision that I saw, and the, the vision was kind of weird. In fact, I didn't even understand it, but I spoke to him, and he just kept saying, wow, 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 because it was confirmation of something that he and his wife were actually hearing from the Lord, and so he received that word. But what I love about the Thessalonians, they, they received from Paul and Silas this encouragement and this charge. But you'll notice, again, in many ways, they receive their words, their ex exhortation, their encouragement. They receive it not just because of their words, but because of their actions. So important, like we talked about earlier. They saw them, not just how they talked, but how they walked. This actually gave the Thessalonians a confidence, I'd say, to receive. Does that make sense? That they saw how they actually lived, and that gave them a confidence to trust the word that was coming from the Lord. Earlier in chapter 1, Paul writes this. He says, our gospel came to you not just in word, he says, but also in what? Power in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And this next part is so important, he says, because you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. So they observed how the apostle came in, how his companions came in. They observed how he loved them, how he lived amongst them. And the Thessalonians receive it, and by God's power at work within them, they become imitators of them and also of the Lord. So in your own life, just think about who this might be. Who are you observing? Who are you watching? Who are you learning from? Who are you receiving from? Don't put them on some pedestal, by the way, of perfection, right? We don't want to exalt any man to godlike status they're just people just like us that means they're going to mess up from time to time they're going to blow it they're probably going to let you down they're going to disappoint you they're going to break your heart even the apostle paul had some tremendous weaknesses but with all that being said sometimes that's just an excuse we got to be wise enough to see that maybe just maybe i don't again i don't know what you're going through but just maybe god might have put them placed them into your life to help you like a mother like a father to train you, to rise you up, to teach you in a certain area of your life. Maybe they were an example. Maybe they were to model something that you could look at, and by their actions, it would give you encouragement to walk in the ways of God. Maybe by their words, it would give you insight. It would open up your brain, open up your mind to new things and new thoughts and new revelations of who God is. Just maybe God might want to use their words and their actions to train you up like a father trains a child. So first, who is the spiritual father in your life? If you don't have one, pray to God. Even as I'm speaking, just ask God, God, would you send me a spiritual father in my life who can exhort, encourage, and charge me to live my life in a manner worthy of God? If that's you, just begin to pray. Just ask him in faith. God, send me a spiritual father. But a warning, be careful for what you ask for, because a spiritual father might not always say what you want to hear. You ever been there before? 
Pastor Mike Mead. I've talked about Pastor Mike Mead often. He was my first pastor that I worked for over at Life Center North in Spokane. Nobody was better at calling me on my weaknesses than Pastor Mike Mead. He was never afraid to call me on my defensiveness, never, uh, you know, shy about calling me out on my bad attitude. Uh, he kind of just saw through all my excuses. I mean, just he just pushed and pushed and pushed through all of my junk. Now, you could imagine I wasn't always real happy with Pastor Mike. You ever been there before, right? No one could frustrate me like Pastor Mike. I remember going home just, oh, I can't believe he said that. How can you say that? Oh, you ever been there before, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But church, I don't think there's a greater man or a better spiritual father than Pastor Mike. The Lord used him in amazing ways just to chisel away at some of my junk, just chisel away at some of my, my stuff. And we all got stuff. And the Lord sometimes brings in a spiritual father to work on our stuff. And he exhorted, encouraged, and he charged me to walk in a manner worthy of God. So who is your spiritual father in your life? If you don't have one, pray for one. But you also have to be willing to receive what they have to say, even when you don't like it. Secondly, where are you a spiritual father to others? Where is God positioning you, supernaturally positioning you to be a spiritual father to others? And this is for all of us in this room, by the way, male or female. Remember, again, Paul said he was like a nursing mother to the Thessalonians in the way he was gentle to them, like a father in the way he charged them to live for God. And so this is for all of us. There are times to be gentle like a mother, but there are also other times to encourage and to charge like a father. Where might God want to use you to encourage another believer in their walk with God or their walk with Jesus? I want you to think about that. Where might God be perfectly, supernaturally positioning you to pour his wisdom into another person? Now, they have to be willing to receive it, right? And not everyone is. Not everybody who lived in Thessalonica wanted to hear what Paul had to say, but there were many who did. Many in that town, they were actually open to the gospel. That's what we read. They were open to the ministry of Paul and Silas. And I would just say this too, church, that's as true today as it's ever been. Did you know that? Sometimes as Christians, we are just pathetically negative about this world. But there are many people who are hungry for the good news of Jesus Christ. They're just waiting for us to open up our mouths and to begin to act and breathe in a way that looks a little bit like Jesus. But people are open. There's just people waiting for us to tell them the good news. Where is that in your life? Where is that happening in your day-to-day life? Where is God opening doors for you? Where are there doors that he's just saying, I'm just asking you, son, I'm just asking you, daughter, to walk through the door that I've already opened for you. But God would add this, but I'm asking you, son or daughter, not just to come in with words, but that you'd come in power, full of the Holy Spirit, in full conviction. See, it's important that we have our eyes open to these opportunities because it is God's plan to reveal Jesus to the world through his church. Did you know that? That his church is his plan to reveal his son. God wants to use us. And we don't even argue that. We all know that. We sing about it. We preach about it. We do those really cool social media posts about it. But we don't always live it. 
We don't always live it. I mean, just think in your own life, how many times have you heard the Lord tell you, just, hey, go over there and strike up a conversation with somebody? Or, hey, how many times have you heard the Holy Spirit just tell you to send that encouraging text? Or have you heard the Spirit tell you to go pay for that stranger's groceries? Right? How many times have you heard the simple word of God just say, hey, go, ask that person if you can pray for them? How many times has that happened? Go, reach out, go, ask them how you can help them, how you can serve them. Now, as spirit-filled believers, we know that God speaks in these ways. Again, there would be no argument in that. We sing about it. We, we, we do all those things. But there's no argument there. And yet, often, he's speaking, and we're not listening. Or more dangerous, we're listening. We're just not doing anything about it. We just stand there. I don't know about you. I've had that happen a few times in my life. A few times to where it was such a, just an impression of God on my life to do something that it just kind of rattles you to where you stay up late at night. You ever been there before where you can't sleep because you didn't do what God asked you to do, and it kind of just, just haunts you, right? You know the Lord was asking you to go to pray for that person, to serve that person, to encourage that person, and yet you didn't do what God was asking you to do. You ever been there before? It's very defeating, isn't it? That's a very discouraging place to be. But praise God. He keeps on giving us chances. I would say this, maybe write this down. Don't beat yourself up about missed opportunities, but get ready for the next opportunity. A friend of mine sent a text to me Tuesday morning, and he said this. He said, be strong and courageous today, my friend. Did you hear that? That's what he texted me. First thing I saw when I woke up, be strong and courageous today, my friend. So I wrote back. I said, thanks for the text. But listen to this, church. He wrote back. He said, you're welcome. I almost didn't send it to you but I felt I was supposed to. Again, don't beat yourself up about the missed opportunities, but get ready for the next opportunity. God's always speaking. He's always willing to give these opportunities to speak encouragement into other people's lives, but you have to be obedient to respond to what he's asking you to do. But then I I just got to say this as well. On top of all that, God is so good. His grace is so big that there have even been times where I didn't respond to the opportunity. I just stood there, and God still used me to be a part of his plan. Have you ever been there before? I got a great one. I'll never forget summer camp six years ago. I was the youth pastor here, and I saw a youth student from my old church in Spokane. And their family was a huge part of my life over there, and I hadn't seen her in a few years. But I just knew that during worship, one of the nights, the Lord was asking me to go over and pray for her. But I didn't. And I think I had some valid reasons why I didn't. Kind of awkward, right? Hadn't seen her for a few years. I wasn't her youth pastor anymore. So I had all these reasons for not going over there. But then the night ends. Everybody's leaving. And again, I didn't do do anything. I just started walking out of the room. And her current youth pastor shouts from the other side of the room, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan, come over here. I'm like, I come over there. She goes, so-and-so wants you to pray for her. And I just laughed. I said, yes, she does. <laughs> and it was powerful. I, I, I prayed, and she just started pouring out her heart for God. And it's crazy. I was actually writing that down this week, and so I texted her and just let her know I was praying for her. And she wrote me back. She said, wow, I woke up thinking about you and Mary this morning. And she says, so weird. Thank you for continuing to pray for me. And that's what God does. That's what his spirit does, and and God wants to use us in these ways where we can encourage one another in our walks with Jesus. 
It's not just the work of a pastor, right? This is what God actually wants to do through every person in his body, through the body of Christ. He wants to use every one of us to reveal himself, to reveal Jesus to the world. That in every room, every situation that we walk into, when we walk through those doors, that the Father's heart actually comes through those doors and brings encouragement by his spirit through us to those around us. So as I close, in this moment, I think there's a great opportunity for us that we would be open. And I, I was even thinking about that during worship. I was like, God, I just want to be open to your move and, and how you're speaking. But that we would be open to how God might want to use us as a spiritual mother or a spiritual father in someone else's life. I think we need to be sensitive to the move of God, right? Where is God asking you to step out? And it's hard sometimes. I get it. I, I, I'm, I can be a very anxious person. I understand the anxiety of stepping out and the things that God is asking us to do. But let's be sensitive. Where is he asking us to move, to exhort, to encourage, to charge? This is for everyone. Again, regardless of young and old, male or female, God wants to use you, use us to be a blessing to the nations. He desires to reveal himself, his love, his grace, his compassion through you. And so let's use this time to allow him just to begin to show us those areas where he is opening doors for us to walk through. So I'd invite the worship team to come back up. And as they do, I I just want you to think about some of these things. Maybe he's opening doors, even now, maybe there's doors he's opening for conversations that you're going to have with coworkers. And that can be a very intimidating place, right? The, The workplace. It's like, how do I do this? How do I show the Lord? How do I reveal him in a way that is responsible and professional I get it. I mean, there's some hard dynamics there, but maybe, I just think just maybe God is opening those doors right now. Or maybe he wants to open some doors and how you interact and engage with social media, right? Maybe there's been a certain way you've done it. Maybe right now he's speaking to you to kind of shift that focus a little bit, to, to shift your language, to even shift the spirit of how you talk on those social media platforms. Maybe he's going to challenge you in how you treat your spouse. The Lord challenges me in that area all the time, all the time. Maybe he's challenging you in how you're going to talk to your kids. Maybe he wants to radically change what you would say or what you do when you're hanging out with your friends. You, you, in this moment, just be open to what God might want to do. I think we've got to get real with some of this. Are, are you and I living in a way where it's more than just talk? Again, sometimes it's so easy just to speak that Christianese. But are you and I living in such a way where the world will actually take notice of how we live? Not just how we talk, but then how we actually live. And that they would begin to see Jesus. That Jesus would begin to be revealed in our lives. That we'd be so full of Jesus. People would actually begin to see the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in us. Again, that's a humbling idea, but we are His plan to reveal His Son. The church, the body of Christ, we are his body. When we are all healthy and functioning in the things of God, guess what the world's going to see? The body of Christ. You know what the body of Christ means? It means the body of Christ. It means Jesus. They will see Jesus. In Life Spring, I, again, this week as I was putting this together, I was getting excited. I, this is an exciting time at Life Spring. I've been saying this a lot. It's a new season at Life Spring. When I think of you guys, I get happy. I was meeting with one of you who's 
man, just like at this huge company, and we walked like a half a mile to get through all the offices, and, and you were there, and I was just like, man, God has supernaturally positioned you here to shine the light of Christ. And each one of you, God has supernaturally positioned you into those environments, into your homes, into your schools, into your workplace, in areas that are in desperate need of Jesus Christ. This world is hurting, and we have the answer. His name is Jesus, and, and he has called you. Church, he has anointed you. He has placed you in spheres of influence where you would shine his light, that you would go into these rooms and go into these atmospheres and go into these uh, environments with the good news of Jesus Christ, that you would carry the good news of Jesus Christ into every room that you enter this week. That is my prayer for you, church. So we're going to sing this song, and as we sing... I've just used this time, again, as an opportunity to hear from the Lord. That you wouldn't beat yourself up for missed opportunities, but you'd get yourself ready for the next opportunity. So maybe while we're singing, maybe some of you just need to begin to ask the Lord to send that spiritual father. Right? Your, your idea of a father is, is uh, just such a, a far cry from who a father should be. And so you need even some healing in that area. And, and you just would ask God, would you send me a spiritual father who could encourage me, who could charge me to live in a way that's worthy of God? And then others of us, it's just ask the dangerous prayer of saying, God, would you reveal to me, would you reveal to me where you might want to use me as a father with his children? And that's a bold request. That's a dangerous request. That request takes some time and some energy and some effort. But if you pray that prayer, I know God even now is opening doors for you to step into. That you might be able to exhort, encourage, and charge others to live in a manner worthy of God. So would you stand with us? And we're going to sing this. And let's just be open to the Lord. Also, I did want to say this. I, during worship earlier, I did feel a strong sense of, um, of, you know, God moves in different ways and he shows himself in different ways, but I really do believe he wants to show himself in the area of healing. And I believe he was even healing some of you during worship. But if that's you, uh, if you need uh, that healing touch, uh, make sure you, you know, maybe it's the person next to you, ask them to pray for you, or if you need me to pray for you, uh, but just uh, allow that to take its course, and um, let's make sure you are healed in the mighty name of Jesus before you get out of here. Some of you, it probably already happened, uh, and praise the Lord, but others of you, maybe uh, there's still some uh, things that need to happen in the in that realm, and so I'd encourage you in that, uh, that uh, God is definitely here and willing and able to do that.